seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin Kerr of Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia Piazza with Custom Marketing Solutions. And together we make up the, the Marketing, marketing Essentials, Essentials Team. team. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it sounds corny. Sometimes eh, not so much, but yeah, we're getting better at yes, it. Yes. <laughs> so today we have joining us Chloe D. Ulis. Did I say that right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and Chloe is currently head of content strategy for Reward Gateway. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about how to generate topics and ideas for your content marketing. So a little bit about Chloe's background. So Chloe is currently, like I said, the head of content strategy for Reward Gateway. And prior to Reward Gateway, Chloe was the head of um, content management for a renewable energy company. She's also worked as a content executive for a travel company. And currently, as the head of content strategy for Reward Gateway, Chloe manages a global team for the content marketing side. They have offices in several countries, which Chloe can expand on with over 400 employees. And her job as the head of content strategy is to drive leads and site excitement and engagement through content. She manages and works with a team of content marketers to create ebooks, infographics, guest posts, videos, white papers, and so much more. And Reward Gateway, I just, I'm going to give a quick intro to it and let Chloe take the wheel on what Reward Gateway is and the, a little bit about the company. And we'll dive into the topic. But Reward Gateway is an employee engagement platform that helps over 1,800 companies across the world attract, engage, and retain their best people. And you can find them at rewardgateway.com. So did I get that right? <laughs> Welcome, Chloe. <laughs> Thanks, Alicia. Um, should I elaborate on that? Now? Absolutely, please. Yeah, tell us okay. a little bit about Reward Gateway. If I had any of the numbers wrong, uh, go ahead yeah, and so, give us so So I've been at Reward Gateway for uh, about two and a half years now. Um, in the Boston office, but we're, we're kind of all over the globe. So um, one of the my favorite parts of my job is working with a global team. So I work with people on a daily basis from the UK, from Australia, from Macedonia, Bulgaria. Um, so we've got a really great team across the world. There's about 400 of us. And what our core solution is, we offer an employee engagement platform that helps align and motivate your employees through a bunch of features like employee communications, recognition, surveys, and discounts. So in my role, um, I look after our entire B2B website, our content marketing strategy, and work closely with our global marketing team to support uh, our growth marketing campaigns. And, but what I like to say is really my job is to add value to people that want to get to know us. You know, we really, content is at the heart of so much of what we do. Um, and I'm really proud of, of where we've come since I've started. Nice. So I'm sure that Reward Gateway has a lot of marketing strategies going on, but you know, obviously being the head of content. And when we had talked prior, you said Reward Gateway has gone all in on content. And can you give us a little background on why they are so invested in content 
and maybe even like a little bit of a definition as to what content is. So you guys are obviously B2B, you're a large company across the globe, but I feel personally that content can be part of almost any type of marketing strategy for a local business, for a new business. Um, Social media tends to lend itself really well to content. So if you want to pick up on, on that type of topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that content is, I mean, obviously I'm biased here, but I do think that content is important at all stages in a business. And content can mean so many different things. It can be anything from how you feature yourself on your LinkedIn profiles and your social media channels to the B2B blog that you create, you know, with the guest bloggers that you reach out to, to the videos that you produce, to, you know, product videos. It, It kind of it's it's all over the place, which is what I love about it, is that no one has a very specific definition of content. What I like to say is that content is going to be different for each and every company because your company should really define what type of content you're creating. And more importantly than that, your customers should define it. Because if you're not adding value to them, then what's the point of creating it, right? So we, you know, we look after a lot of different pieces. Obviously, the the blog is a core part of our content strategy. And so when I started, we had one blog on one domain and going to get a little technical here, but basically our site runs on one .com domain and then we have different subdirectories for each of our core markets. So essentially, we have three different websites and we had one blog when I started and now we have three. And that's been really important to be able to kind of just target uh, the different content so that it's the most relevant for our audience. You know, people in the UK are talking about challenge, political climate and challenges like Brexit. The US has a lot of different different market challenges. And we want to be able to make sure that people are finding the, the content that's going to be most valuable for them and help them do their job better. So beyond that, you know, we we look at a lot of videos and I look after our our entire inbound strategy on our on our website. So every day is different, which is what I love. Like I said, content is really important, I think, for all stages of the business. In a small business, there's you know, there's the stat small businesses with blogs get 126 more lead growth than small businesses without them. Could you just and repeat that one? Starting real a blog quick. can be really intimidating. Can Sorry, Alicia. Repeat that uh, stat real quick. I don't know if it cut out, but I want to make sure people get the numbers into their head on what content can do for them because I think when businesses look at, oh, I got to write a blog, I got to, you know, I have to put work into this, I have to research topics, and they're like, what am I going to get out of this? What's the long-term kind of game here? What's the end goal? So that number, that that stat that you just Mm -hmm. read was really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so small businesses with blogs get about 126% more lead growth than small businesses without and when you think of the, the customer journey nowadays, you know, 81% of shoppers conduct their online research before they make a purchase. So whether you're in B2B or B2C, you know, having that, that content that is going to resonate with the people that are going to visit your website and learn more about your business and hopefully your products is really important. You know, I think that a lot of people find blogs intimidating and I totally understand why, but I like to say, look, you're not writing about anything that you are not already an expert on, right? You think that you're the best in the business for a reason. So what are those reasons? Why are your customers coming to you? What makes your product stand out? And then how can you reach people with the challenges that they're facing right now? Love it. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. You have to invest the time to get the payoff and 120%, 126% more leads is pretty powerful there. So 
<laughs> I, I have a question. Uh, yeah. So you said you started out with one blog, now you have three. And what would you say is uh, the typical word count for a blog post? It varies. I mean, I like to, we try to vary it so we have some infographics, which obviously are going to be shorter blog posts, you know, 200 words. But mm -hmm. typically our blogs run from about 600 to about 1,200 words would probably be where I would cap it. Okay. And then we have an entire content marketing library as well and our resource library where we have our longer form pieces of content like our ebooks and our, I don't like to call them white papers because I... I, I don't like to sound too too stuffy with our content. I want it to be really approachable. <laughs> right. So I like to call them highlights. So we've got our ebooks and our highlights and our videos from the various events that we hold around the globe as well. Okay. And, and those are you know, 20, 30 minutes. Okay. So a typical post is, like you said, between six and 1,200 words. And what would you mm -hmm. say is the frequency that you're posting? So if you if you were, say, putting a content calendar together and you wanted to you know, hit a certain average per month, you know, what, what's your frequency for, for posting? So we, um, we've started to be pretty aggressive in our frequency just because we've been able to build on our resource capacity and also to be able to fill the, the capacity of the three blogs. So we try to post on each of them three times a week. Um, I try not to stick to a typical schedule, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or something like that, just because people have different browsing habits. And especially for our audience, where a lot of the content, you know, hopefully is being shared on LinkedIn, people are browsing that on their phones all the time. So, and then we have to hit, obviously, UK, Australia, and the, the US markets too. So having that geo-specific blog strategy has been really helpful for us. Yeah, so but I think if you're starting out, you know, once a week is a great goal. Okay. And you're right. We're experts on what we do. So why not put it into words? And there are professional copywriters out there. There are professional content marketers who can help you if you're not the best writer. So I would say, you know, blogging is a great way to get started. And, and you said something that I think really matters. You have three different blogs and you you segment the content into the different geographical areas. So in other words, you're you're taking into account your audience, you're taking into account your personas, something to keep in mind. We're experts on what we do, but we can't just talk about what we want to. We also have to consider what people want to hear and what they're going to find valuable and resourceful and, and all that. So how do you guys decide on what your audience is going to be attracted to? How do you come up with those topics when you're producing three different blogs a week, at least, I guess. Well, I have, my team is here, they'd be laughing about what I'm about to say, but I love my spreadsheets. I really do. <laughs> and I have a massive editorial calendar that spans across you know, our different marketing campaigns, product launches, things that are happening in our business. And so, of course, there's going to be content tie-ins to that. I also have frequent meetings with our you know, our director of client success, I talk to our support team, and I really try and figure out, like, what are people asking about? You know, what are people trying to figure out when they first get in touch with us? And why, why are they interested in us in the first place? And from there, you know, the ideas just start flowing. I have right now an idea bank of about 300-ish ideas. Okay, and good. I try to comb through that <laughs> every <impressive>. quarter. <laughs> I know. Really I know. Awesome. It can get a little intense. Um, I try not to show people the editorial calendar too, <laughs> too much. The new hire. Um, You're like, you so. must write these blogs this week. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, I think the other thing too is like, yes, we have a pretty intense 
content strategy. We are a pretty large company and the, the global strategy can seem intimidating at first, but what at the end of the day, we have a team of really great in-house subject matter experts, and that can be anyone from our client success director to our account managers to someone that works on our support help desk, all across the board to obviously, you know, our CEO. And so I, I think that it's really important to go beyond just your leadership team or maybe the more obvious choices for who a blog should come from and just for us, we use Slack. So for me, people are just a Slack away where I can just be like, hey guys, what'd you talk about in your meeting this week? <laughs> okay. So that's how you, so you're saying instead of just maybe leaving it up to the marketing director, or the marketing team, you're kind of interacting with the entire organization across the board globally in your case to see what's happening, the topics of you know client concern or prospect entry points. Absolutely. I mean, I think that we, you know, we have, we run our quarterly campaigns and a lot of that will determine our content. But at the bottom line, if, if someone isn't finding our content valuable and relevant and they're not going to share it with other people, then why are we writing it? I, I try not to write anything that doesn't have more than one purpose and doesn't answer some question that, you know, that I've been asked or that other people have been asked. Great. Yeah. So, and would you say that your content, um, so you're answering questions for prospects or when they first get introduced with the company, do you take, take a deeper dive to, um, kind of like when you look at like your top of funnel, people who are just getting introduced to the company versus people who are maybe working with the company or can are in the consideration phases, do you divide your content into the different audiences? And this may be something that's a little bit beyond some of the local businesses to be able to do, but um, you can. I guess what I want to kind of focus on is how do you decide who gets what content? Do you divide by the state, the buyer stage? I guess is a good way to put it. So on our blog, we have our just our typical categories, and that's really just geo-segmented. Okay. On our content marketing library, though, it's all divided into uh, across different topics, mm-hmm. and that kind of so we'll have like things like trends in the engagement industry, for instance, and then we'll have you know best practice around employee recognition, and then we we have an entire case study library as well, which is more that bottom of funnel content. So. We've got a blog update that goes out every other week to each of our subscriber lists in the UK, US, and Australia. And I really kind of let the blog managers take ownership of that and, and see what's, what's resonating. And, the, and that subscriber list is um, probably about 50% of those are, are leads you know, that, that our sales team hasn't even co- come in contact with yet. And only about 10% of that list are clients because we also have a client communication newsletter that goes out too. So the content that I focus on is mostly in in that that awareness top of funnel stage. Yeah, I think that is the broadest um, part of like the buyer journey. So you want to make sure you have ample content there. And can you? So you had mentioned you know you look within the organization, you talk to different um, people, you look at the Slack database to see what's happening. Can you give us some of the examples on creative ways you found content that probably wouldn't have come to you? Had you not been looking outside, like your marketing department, I call myself a champion lurker. I'm on sixty-something like <laughs> different Slack channels, and a lot of them are on mute. But I'm I'm in our NPS channel. I'm in our client success channel. 
I'm in our PR alerts channel. I'm on all of the different sales team channels. Most people, most of the time people will forget I'm there and all of a sudden I'll hop in with a comment and be like, hey guys, we have an ebook for that. <laughs> like, Chloe, where the hell did you come from? <laughs> Just the champion lurker here. <laughs> but, but that honestly, lurking on those conversations are where I find the absolute best ideas. I, you know, we have a lot of feedback from our events. So that, that's, that's one good goldmine, I guess, too, events, is yeah. we hold different events in our offices and there's a lot of attendee feedback that happens. So after every event, the, the UK growth marketing manager and I will go through the feedback. She looks at it to, you know, to plan more events and to plan the follow-ups. I look at it in terms of what did people come from that they didn't get when they walked out of the door? And maybe that's an opportunity for me to talk to our HR director about how to put together a benefits calendar or how to incorporate values into you know, your new starter's first day and how do we do that. So I look at things like, like attendee feedback on events. I look at the 60 plus Slack channels that I'm on. Um, I look, we have an entire help center um, which is our, our success portal. So I'm often looking at that because those articles are developed from, again, from client needs. They're having trouble understanding something. So we'll put together content for that. And even though I'm not a part of that team, I'll look at what they've done and think to myself, well, how can we repurpose this into something that might be more outwardly external facing? Slack is a tool that we love here at Reward Gateway, probably got introduced to it about year and a half ago. And really it's a, it's a collaboration tool uh, built for internal communications. Um, so we have a variety of different channels on there and it's really great for communicating globally because you can sort of catch up on any of the messages that you missed while you were sleeping um, and you can start different channels for, for different projects. So in, I like to call myself the champion lurker because I'm in over 60 channels on wow, there. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you have a sleep? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I sleep. You can put it on Do Not Disturb, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a question about um, scale, actually. So you, you obviously work for a large company, and you've got a lot of great resources for uh, gathering content and, and topics. But a lot of our audience are smaller companies, some solopreneurs. So what would you recommend to them You know, to be able to scale down what you're doing to something that would be effective for them? you know, in regards to their content marketing? Yeah. So when I started here, in terms of content, it was really just me for a while until I expanded my team earlier this year. And, you know, we were able to get a lot done. But I think that the thing about making content not as intimidating is making sure that someone who knows how to interview properly is the one that is kind of handling that writing. So where I would start is talking to your best salesperson, sitting them down and asking them about two or three of the most common things that they hear on a sales call or, you know, when they're at the tail end of their deal and then pull some content from that idea. And right there, you've got three great challenges that X industry face every day. And you can come up with three different ideas just from that one conversation. You know, content doesn't have to take hours on end. Some of the subject matter experts that I talk with on a daily basis are don't necessarily love writing and, and they want us to, to write the content for them, but we always make sure that their voice is in it and their content is a part of it. And really it can just be as simple as a 20-minute conversation where you ask them, what have you been up to this past month? 
and and you'll start getting ideas from that. I think that best practice lists are always a really great way to start, you know, looking at the, obviously the trends in your industry and seeing how you can rip off that. You know, is there an article that's out there that maybe your CEO has an opinion on and you can write a, you know, a short piece off of that and link back to the article? Yeah, I like that idea. And you had said, um, I know, Billy, you have a question too, but okay. you had said um, in Slack, you're a lurker and you get ideas from Slack. Any creative ideas that have popped out of the woodwork that you probably wouldn't have been able to come up with if it weren't for looking at the the company as a whole? So I, like I said, I'm in a lot of different channels. I think that the one that I get the most stories out of are definitely being in the sales channels and they, and kind of being a part of those conversations that, that our salespeople are having on the floor. But the one that I really love is our NPS channel, which is talking about recent uh, launches that we've had with our clients. And in there are really great details about the teamwork that our implementation specialists have, have done with, with the clients. And nuggets that I get from there are just, we, we actually look, took a look at that and we created an implementation checklist from it. Because one thing that we realized is that some people wanted to know exactly, you know, what, what are they signing up for and what are the steps that, are, that they're going to be taking where they can launch a platform from step one to step 10 in kind of this high-level format. And we, so we were able to take some of the content from that channel, talk to some of our heads of implementation and pull together a checklist that is really just a, a graphic, you know, an, in, an infographic. And we took that infographic and then put it into a longer format blog post. And then we repurposed those pieces into a PDF highlight that, that some of our sales team can now send out to prospects that's, that's and great. that's that's, that's been awesome. really great that's so you have multiple pieces of content and okay, sorry. yeah sorry <laughs> I keep, I keep jumping <laughs> yeah. over it's keep... okay uh actually you were just talking about infographics i'm just curious uh what role infographics photos videos take in the course of what you do so i think that infographics can be really great at showing research at at a high level um we do a lot of third-party research we've got one one coming up uh, next week, actually. And a lot of times we'll pull information from that and we'll turn it into infographics that are that are highly shareable. We just had an infographic on well, 39 different ideas on recognizing your employees. That That's proven to, to be a great piece of shareable content. Um, you know, when you're in a feed and you're, you're scanning something on LinkedIn or on Facebook, you really want something to pop and grab your attention. Mm-hmm. And we... At RewardGateway, we really do have a strong brand identity. We use a lot of our our own photography. So you'll see RewardGateway employees in our blog posts, in our social media posts, for instance, because we, you know, we're the employee engagement people. We want you to know exactly who you're working with and we want you to see us in that environment. Video, we're actually trying out a couple new things. This week, actually, we are going to be putting a little blog teaser video on LinkedIn and nice. seeing how that how that does. And again, just giving people those snippets and those shareable teasers where they just, they want to know more. So I'm excited to see how, how that turns out. I like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, using the folks there makes 
your photography and your imagery very authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus... None of that stock image of that random person sitting <laughs> no, at a desk, no. that one employee that works at like 500 companies. Yeah. So we do, we do use some stock photography. I will say that my designer oh. and I have had some battles <laughs> on it because, you know, you do have your limited, you're, sure. you're limited if you just use your photography because mm-hmm. you're always going to go back to the same 10 photos. But I do think that having a mix of it is, is really important and, you know, one of our values is be human. And I try to bring that out in our content as much as I can. And some of the ways that I do that is through our, our visuals. Nice. Awesome. People are probably listening to the, the podcast. And like Justin said, you know, some businesses are smaller, some businesses are startups, some businesses may have like one marketing manager who's trying to do everything. And I think the bottom line is that like, content can be super valuable because, and it's come up on previous podcasts, people don't want to be sold to. So what content can do for us is it can educate the consumer to the point where they're ready to talk to somebody. They have already basically sold themselves on your company and it can apply to any industry. So you were talking, Chloe, about like how one of your nuggets, I like that word nugget, came up with, you found in Slack was kind of like now correct me if I'm wrong, but it was kind of like a client onboarding situation, the implementation of bringing on a new client. Okay, so in a technical aspect, maybe you run an HVAC company and you know you, you talk to your head tech about a complicated job, about a situation where you didn't think this was going to work for this big new building in Boston to have the, you know, maybe they're outfitting a new system inside of a building. What kind of technical challenges were they up against and how did they get this project completed? So, And that's HVAC. So that's a pretty boring industry. <laughs> Sorry so, to my HVAC friends, so but that's yeah. everywhere. Our apologies to the HVAC community. <laughs> yeah. We just lost the whole segment. Funny you should say that because the energy company that I used to work for, I did have to make HVACs and solar and insulation. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> which which I, at that point, I didn't even own a home. So believe me, I learned a lot What's in that job. HVAC? I learned stuff with mini splits were. I realized that it had absolutely nothing to do with animals. <laughs> but, but the same thing is just, you know, obviously I wasn't an expert in, in energy efficiency. And But by talking to the experts and by learning a bit more about the industry, I was able to turn their stories into valuable pieces of content. You know, one of the best columns that we had was the advisor of the month. And that really ties to um, employee recognition, which funnily enough is something that, you know, my company specializes in. So I've kind of come full circle in this a little bit, but I think that one of the other places that you can, you know, lurk for these moments is, is tying back to recognition and communication. So for instance, our platform, you can have company blogs on there. So I'll lurk in the comments section sometimes and see, for instance, our CEO publishes what he calls his mission Monday every week. And there will be comments from people tagging other people in the business talking about, you know, what they've done that week. And so I'll take one of those stories and be like, oh, okay, we're running this huge campaign on mental health awareness. I don't know about that. And that's something that HR people would be interested in because Mm -hmm. that's a huge topic in the workplace. So Mm -hmm. what are we doing? And so then I'll go and talk to our head of global engagement and say, what are these, what are these initiatives that are planned? And hey, tell me why. And, you know, you've got a blog post out of that 10-minute conversation from her. So content is everywhere within our organizations. And I think, yeah, I think it's it's a great place to start your marketing. I think kind of wrapping it up, Chloe, if there is any kind of takeaways that businesses should know about content marketing or top pro tips. I mean, you've been in the industry for a long time that you can provide to businesses to get started or whatever it may be. 
don't be scared of it. I, I think just getting the, the word out there, whether that's the written word or whether it's a video introducing, you know, your CEO or your sales director and just saying like, hey, here's who we are and what we do. People relate to people. So if you can put a human spin on your content and you're not just sounding like a robot trying to sell something, then I think that's the n- number one thing you can do to progress your content strategy. Be human. You said it before. I'm just repeating it. <laughs> Not my words. <laughs> no, I think that's a great point. It is. It's a great point. So, Chloe, thank you so much for taking the time. Again, everybody, if you want to learn more about Gateway or Reward Gateway, excuse me, you can find them online at www.rewardgateway.com. Check and, out their content. <laughs> and we'll also have uh, all these in the show notes, as always. Hold and on. I awesome. think it's time for our shameless plug. self-plug. <laughs> yes. So, having said that, uh, if you're interested in uh, hearing more of our podcasts, you can reach us through the Marketing Essentials website, marketingessentialsteam.com. That's right. Uh, and you can, you can go there to subscribe. Subscribe. Easy for you to say. Yeah, easy for me to say. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on our Facebook page, Marketing Essentials Team on Facebook. And I'm going to let Alicia tell you about our special super secret group on Facebook. All right. So the special super secret group, say that five times fast, is Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. Just go to our website and you can find it there or search for it on Facebook. It is a community group where you can talk about all your marketing challenges as a business or a marketing professional. Awesome. I think uh, with that, I think we have completed yet another podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Chloe. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys next week.